Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, hosts Casey Seymour and Aaron Fintel of Moving Iron LLC talk about how the lines of delineation among customers are growing bolder and more robust. Casey says the customer base is becoming more and more defined. Hence, the new buyer, the late model, low hour used buyer, high depreciation used buyers, five to 10 year old used buyers, and the high hour used buyer. This is your first time listening. You can subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Okay, let's get things going. Here's Casey and Aaron discussing the roller coaster ride we've been on the last few years with COVID, supply chain challenges, and now the war between Russia and Ukraine, and how that's all impacting the equipment market. Aaron, how you doing this evening, man? I'm terrific. It's been a roller coaster ride of a year, man. I tell you what, if you take a look at well, roller coaster ride of about three years now. You know, if you take a look at end of 19, 20, 21, and here we are in, in going into 22, we're in inside year number three of of this, you know, COVID, post-COVID. And now we're involved with all these different, you know, supposedly coming to the tail end of these shortages and what have you. So throw the war of with Ukraine and Russia into the mix, and that just kind of extrapolates things a little bit more. And it's been a uh, it's been a wild ride when you start looking at equipment pricing. You start looking at um, how the new the new one comes in. And where's that depreciation point for the for the second buyer? And what's that look like? Who are those buyers? Um, where are those buyers at? And how do you keep the first trade guy um, away from buying the new one? And I think that's a that's been a finer line to walk. Uh, over the last couple of years, and I think uh, it has ever been in my time in this business. So I guess what, what are your thoughts on, on that right now? Well, A, this, this whole <clears throat> that we've been dealing with this crap for three years now, for three years there has been something to deal with. Like, come on, there's f- fix it. Let's roll. You know, it's like, it's getting old. It's almost going to become part of life. And then we all ate the bait. And now there you go. That's just where we're at. Mm -hmm. That's my thoughts on that portion. However, with your, uh, with your thinking on the, how big's that gap got to be and all that, that is a terrific, terrific thing to discuss. And as we get into these, the prices almost every day, every month seems to change, you know, as, as we're dealing with that in that world, everything's in so much fluctuation that I think that's going to, that would, that's going to have some kind of impact on it too. But, you know, it used to be, as you, as you evaluated equipment, what would you that that one year old five hundred hour thing? Mm-hmm. What percent back of a new one would you typically say it would have to be? Depending on what it was, but somewhere between fifteen and twenty percent was a pretty pretty common number. You know, if not maybe right. depending on up to twenty five, depending on what it was. But that first, you know, like you said, that first five hundred hours are, are pretty expensive depreciation point. Right now with all the availability struggles and pricing struggles and all this and the equipment business, is that, is that gap, is that percent going to have to grow because we're talking half a million dollar used machinery all over the place. 
that's the world we're in. I think I think the key point of that is is how soon you can have the piece of equipment that you're looking at on trade, right? If it's if it's a year out or whatever else before you get that other piece, that's one thing. If it's available today, that's a completely another another number, right? And I think um, you know it's really hard to to put your finger on that right now because I mean I've watched auctions where you thought you bought something stupid and paid too much for it and. Just because of what the market did, you made nine percent on the following month because right. of, of where things went. Right? I think availability right now is all of the everything in the in the used equipment guy's handbook is kind of thrown out the window right now. And if anybody can tell you that that they've got kind of got it figured out uh, as to what's happened with the market, I have a hard time believing that because it's moving from one month to the next month. Every time the price goes up, the available pieces of the equipment of new stuff every time if new price goes up what's available out there for used it's going to fall right along with it i mean it's just that's just the nature of the beast so trying to figure out what that looks like and how you got those things pegged we are definitely in a market of when you think that you've got it figured out you're, you're going to wake up the next morning and realize something crazy happened like you know we saw some still surcharges last year that were like 30 and 40 percent still surcharges on on right. you know some short line stuff and some and some specialty stuff and those kind of things, but those same still surcharges we saw across all the mainline manufacturers as well. They just got baked into a smaller percent, but the smaller percent was a bigger number on the other yeah. side of that. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. You know? So I mean, it's just it's just those things you see happening there. Um, I think as you take a look at what's happening on the big picture side of it, you really start taking a look a hard look at what's where. Okay. My best example of this, of what I'm getting ready to talk about here, is, is a chopper. And a chopper's been like this for as long as I've been in this business. And the reason for that is a chopper is it's a very specialized piece of equipment that is, quote-unquote, mass-produced, right? Quote-unquote, right? I don't know the number of choppers that get produced um, worldwide every year, but it's not very many. It's, you know, a few thousand worldwide just a handful too many right (laughs) (laughs) some cases that's true um of all makes just just take that that just a little make the make the market a little hungrier yeah so if you think about it you know a few thousand get get made across all manufacturers right deer new holland crone Kloss. uh who am i missing all these different lineups that you see there you take a look at that first you know, a custom guy gets the gets the biggest, latest, and greatest, whatever, and goes out and d- does their thing, and they put five hundred to thousand hours on it, whatever it is, and it comes back, and it's you know it depreciates fifty percent, forty percent, you know, something like that. It it, it or sixty percent. I mean, it's this huge number that comes back with depreciation costs, and two reasons for that. One is it's a it's a big machine that has uh, a lot of parts that need to be replaced when it gets to that point. But secondly, is that that second market, the, the first buyer of the secondary marketplace, there's a certain point when they're going to jump into the market, right? Right. And, and that's that's what you see there. I mean, you see a lot of guys that will have a, you know, might have $500,000 trade difference in the first year, and, you know, their $900,000 machine is now a $400,000 machine, and that, cause yep. that's where the first buyer is going to come into play at, Right. And there's something compared to all the other lines out there where that first to second is such a big damn gap, mm-hmm. but second to third is as narrow as any other. Oh sure, machinery. yeah, it's it's because not because there, you know. there's not a you get to that point where the 
you know, the last 7980 and the first 8800 or other than you got a huge dramatic series change in there. But you're getting to the point where the guy who's writing the check is looking both ways. I think you're right. And that's kind of where I think in my example now, as you start looking at a, at a more mainline piece of equipment, and you could pick, you pick them, right? You pick whatever number, you, whichever machine you want right now, whether it's a four drive, a combine, a row crop tractor, um, rotary hose. That's a good example, too. Um, if you bought a rotary hoe in the last two years, you're, if you bought a new one today, it costs you about 60% more than it costs you to start with. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at that, well, I'm going to use four wheel drives as, as my example here today. So let's just say you go out and you get a, you know, you know uh, whether it's a, doesn't matter what it is, right? If it's a Deer, 9RX, 640, or a, a Case, um, well, what's their, their, their quad track? Um, 620. 620, yeah, there you go. You know, one of you get, if you get, you know, three-point PTO, high-flow pump, you know, you get it pretty well loaded up. You, you get a 700. Refrigerator. Even get the refrigerator in a seat. And oh. did you notice they changed some of the, on the Deers, they kind of changed where the refrigerator is on the newer ones? Instead of, huh. being, instead of being under the seat, it's kind of back on top behind the buddy seat, so you don't have to Oh, yes, yes. More ergonomic. It's more, it's more like dorm fridge idea yeah, now. It's, it's more, <laughs> more ergonomic. But anyway, if you, if you take a look at one of those machines and you start doing the math on that, you have a $700,000 four-wheel drive tractor, right? Right. Two-track, even, even, even about the same, you know. And you start doing the math on that and you start thinking about what it is how many guys do you have out there that are, you know, where does that point hit? You know, is it, is it, if the new one's 700, 750,000, something like that, is it, are you starting to look at that at 650? You starting to look at that at 500? Are you starting, I mean, where does that line pop in and what's that look like? And that's a, that's a dance that you got to play. And right now, it's hard to make that, that, where that place is at because, like I said earlier, if you have a machine that's worth that's available today, it's it's got a different price structure than a machine that's available in a year because no one knows what a year looks like. So you're playing you're playing the game of yeah, kind of, the, of guessing. The crystal you know? ball factor right now is just batshit insane. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you even begin. Yeah, and I think it's hard. It's you know you start looking at at where those where those lines play in, and it kind of makes you start thinking about. And my you know we've talked about it on here. I had a setup in place until the until the Ukraine um, Russia thing kicked off, and I, I think that 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 whole timeline's gotten moved farther to the to the right. There, I mean, you start looking at twenty twenty five now instead of twenty four. You know, if if they don't get a crop planted this year, and that's you know, I've I've read they're I mean, not that they're not going to plant anything. I mean, there's some guys that are going to plant some stuff, but. It's diesel fuel so hit and miss that you don't you don't know what's going to go where, so it's pretty safe to say that there's no major agricultural crop exports coming out of out of Ukraine this year, right? Very safe bet. Um, what does come out is going to be you know not not much to talk about, and it's going to have a big huge effect on the overall marketplace right now, um, especially with what's going on with Russia and, and and how the world's kind of stacked up against them. You start looking at grain exports and those kind of things. I mean, no, they can send stuff to China and all that, but again, it's just a mess all the way around. So, 
You know, you start looking at, yeah, you start looking at uh, at the way things are now, and you throw interest rates going up. You start talking about cost of just inflation is is, is climbing still. All these different things we have going in in into play here. When I start looking at twenty twenty five, because that's that's my new that's my new number. You know, that's my new time where I think we're going to start seeing some some major issues pop up. You know what I mean by major issues is that we're going to have we're going to have some equipment sitting on the lot. You know, we're going to have things that are be sitting there and, and the way things are looking and those kind of things. Twenty five will be like the first inventory adjustment. Yeah, I think that's when you have. Well, you'll be looking out there and you'll be like or in- inventory realization. I think, Let's yeah, call it that. That's fancy. Yeah. It'll give you that opportunity when you can sit back and have the have the conversation with your used equipment guys and being like, yeah. Uh, you, you can go door-to-door yeah. door handing out pamphlets on the 2025 equipment realization. Inventory realization. <laughs> you it's can do coming. that. Are I, you ready? I think, to me, that's that's when this conversation of where's that line for the first first buyer come into play. And that's that's going to be... It's gonna be a tough one because I mean, I, you know, your guess is as good as mine as to what that looks like and how those things play out. But I think in twenty five is that first real conversation that you have, and really that first real conversation that you that you kind of start having when you start really having that conversation. To me, is is you know midway through you know starting out twenty four when I, I would hope that by twenty twenty three. And you go through the whole year that all the factories are back up and running, and everybody's got the parts and, and the logistics chains are 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 figured out. He's got you know truck drivers back driving trucks and container shippers shipping containers and those kind of things, and everything's back to some level of normalcy. When the uh, when the factories are oh, back they're, up, they're getting shipped. It's getting unloaded is the problem. Well, I mean that's that's the whole that's part part all of that you know so. When you start looking at um, the the big picture of everything, when the factory's at a hundred percent capacity and they're they're getting everything out like they're supposed to be getting out, and you're not ordering a, a tractor twelve months ahead of the schedule, and things are showing up in you know three month period, two four month period, six months something like that, now all of a sudden you have a different conversation that you're having with your people. Uh, you're having a conversation of. Okay, so everything's really kind of available now. What's that do to pricing, and where's that price take to? I, I think that knocks twenty five or thirty percent off the price pretty quick. And that's a big adjustment because you're talking big numbers, man. We're not talking hundred thousand dollar used combines. We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a moment, but I wanted to take a moment to invite you to join us to this year's Dealership Mind Summit, Next Level Service Management. This year's event will be in Iowa City on July 26th through 27th. To learn more and to register, head over to dealershipmindsummit.com. I hope to see you there. Now back to Casey and Aaron as they continue their conversation on how both customers and dealerships are adjusting to the changes brought about from inventory shortages. This initial blow, to my opinion, I don't, I don't know that it's going to be that big of a deal. In the, in the overall you know scale of everything because i mean if you're buying something right now you're buying it because you need it right you're buying it because you have um there's some there's something there that's that's pushing you to do that it's not you're not buying it out of necessity right you're not buying it because uh, or not buying it out of want necessarily you're buying it out of necessity and that necessity is right you know i've got 2500 hours on my combine i've got 
you know, 7,000 hours on my four-wheel drive. I've got, you know, you just run down the list. And there's a lot of people listening to this that are saying, like, well, I've got seven, I just bought a 7,000-hour tractor. You know, that's different pieces of equipment kind of flow to different parts of the customer base. And I think that's where that, that lines of delineation I've talked about before, where, you know, you have the new buyer that buys the new, you've got the first trade guy that's buying that first trade in. You got yeah. uh, so on and so forth all the way down the line, but those lines all the are different being segments are going through the same thing because the the guy that just bought the seven thousand hour tractor, he's a ten to fifteen hour at at home. That's why he bought the seven, you know. But even even down in his category, it's been huge changes. I think that's that's your point. Right. It doesn't matter what segment you're in; it's all of. Also to that same point is if you go back to 2009, 10, and 11, and 12, and 13, and look at those time frames, there were a lot of guys that were coming to the table and buying a brand-new combine, and just a one-off one off new machine. Right. Got, you know, and I think, I think those, those customer segments have become – those walls have become very thick and very high around them because you start looking at some of these I mean, not every operation can afford a half million dollar com- combine right not every not every operation can afford a three hundred fifty thousand dollar used combine either you know what i mean so it's it's you start or you know a five hundred thousand dollar used four-wheel drive or four hundred thousand dollar used drive or or uh you know three hundred seventy five thousand four hundred thousand dollar used row crop tractor i mean there's like all these big numbers are getting thrown out there, and people, and, and there's not there's not a short line of people to buy them either, right? There's there's a long line of people out there looking to buy stuff, right? But it's the the people that are looking to buy stuff, they're looking to buy a used piece of equipment. I don't, I haven't had too many conversations with guys where they're like, well, if I can't get a used one, I just go ahead and get a new one. No one said that to me. No, I don't. I'm not. I don't hear that being said, right? They're saying I need to go go find me a used one that's got the similar setup, the similar hours. Well, that's because they know. My God, the used one's already four hundred. The new one's got to be six. No way on earth. Right, and that's my point. So I mean, yeah, and that's my point. It's it's that knowing what that 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 line of people, what that line of customers like. You bought a new one. Who you taking the first one to? Who you taking the second one to? Who you taking the third one to? Uh, all the way through those trade cycles and. That washout cycle. I mean, that's something that people have talked about, and we hear people talk about it all the time. But I don't. I, I can't tell you that it's been that heavily invested in over the last couple of years, um, last ten years. You know, um, like it was. You know, the previous ten years before that. You know, if you go back to 1998, 19, well, 1995 to 2005, there was a pretty realistic. You know, Ted likes. You know, Joe's trade in so his trade is gonna go or his new one he you know when, when ted right. when joe trades something ted loves that ted always lines up to get joe straight in you know and that, that kind of stuff and not to say that hadn't happened you know since then but it just seemed like the stories and conversations i've had with people i'm doing this for you know 30 or 40 years they always had you know guy that was not always but they always knew that you know, whenever Joe traded in his new tractor that he ran for three, two or three years, that, that Ted was going to buy that. You know, right? And, exactly. And and Bill was going to buy Ted's trade in. You know what I mean? Like they knew, they kind of knew that, right? And, and all three of them bought new in in ten, eleven, and twelve, and screwed the whole thing up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of that, but so I think as as you look at some of this stuff and and you're looking at the way things are priced, to me, you know, I, I got to say that I have. 
my real big concern is is how how soon and how fast does that new where where's that new got to fall in for that first generation used buyer to buy that piece of equipment and not compare it to a new one if they can if they're in that you know if the new is readily available right obviously right now it doesn't matter because there's no new to hat be had right if you if, if it's someone <laughs> yeah. you know or used yeah but you have a better shot of getting something used than you do new right now so it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird dynamic and i think that that the prolification of 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 how these these machines are going to start going across out of the factory faster is going to have a a, a bigger impact on on where that used value falls into and how fast it goes backwards Hit us with that word one more time. Prolification. Prolification. Very nice. <laughs> that today's yeah. vocabulary word, children, is prolification. <laughs> right. We don't talk about machinery, damn it. <laughs> I mean, what are the conversations you're having with guys about this when you talk to him on the phone? Basically, it's it's almost like it doesn't matter who you talk to, whether it's you know, more of the dealer principal type guy, the used guy, um, wholesaler, farmer. I mean, everybody's just like, what on earth? It's just a wild ride and just hang on, man. You know, nobody's got anything that they can let go because everything's short. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just, uh, it's it's kind of a beat your head against the wall a lot. A hell of a lot, and then every once in a while you knock a brick loose, and then that brick is worth $11 billion, sure. and, yeah. and then you just keep doing it. So, Has anyone talked to you? Has anyone said anything about what's this? What's it look like when this, this is over? Not like they should be, honestly. I mean, there, there's not a lot of... I think last week is the first time I've had anybody mention anything about... When the dust settles. When the dust settles, I mean, it's like, you know, the dust settles after someone dumps a, you know, five cubic yard bucket of dirt on your head. That's 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 when the dust settles. That's what that's going right. to be like. It's already here. Yeah. You just can't see it all real clearly yet, but it, it's, oh, it's here. That's why the dust is here. But I think the, the difference, like I said a million times here, the difference between this marketplace and other marketplaces that we've had to, we've got to fill back up the inventory Inventory yeah, line so much. There's nothing. It's it's a both side issue, which right. it's never banned. Right. And that's the. I think that's where the saving grace is right now for, um, for the situation that we're heading into. Right. Uh, is that there's we don't have a lot of used equipment to to sell into. Right. You and, you should have given the nature of the beast and and how much backfill it is going to take. You should be able to see it very clearly, very open in front of you, and be able to properly adjust and not have any issues. I mean, everybody everybody got to getting pissed off at your cousin playing Super Nintendo. Everybody just got to hit reset. Okay. We all got to hit reset, start over. There's no reason for anybody to have problems now, right. except choppers. I mean, I think. <laughs> I mean, there. I think the. Uh, I mean, the best analogy I've thought about in my head is, uh, you know, out here where we live at, if you're if you drive by the same pasture every day, and there's nothing out there but just rolling grassland, right, and 
out in the middle on top of this hill you see not you don't see a cedar tree you see a cottonwood tree sitting up there on the hill and then you come back tomorrow and you see another cottonwood tree sitting on top of that hill and you come back the next day on the third day you come back and you see the third cottonwood tree sitting up there and you're like hold on hold on a second when when did these cottonwood trees come up out here when when did they start seeing these cottonwoods pop up out here like this that to me is is the same thing like you're looking out your window and you see you know two balers and then Next thing you got a combine sitting there, and then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, "We have a we have a used row crop tractor sitting out here." When did that happen? And it's still here, you know. Those, I think that's when, you know, you, you obviously need to have a, a lot better control of your inventory than just like, "Oh, look, there's." I didn't realize we had a used, and I, I've done that before. Where I'm like, I didn't realize we had a used row crop tractor right now. I mean, look, where did that come from? You know, I look through inventory all day, every day, and. I'll be like, what? What is that? Yeah. And I think that's when you see that that second or third, you know, one-year-old 500-hour um, row crop tractor sitting out there on the on the line, and you're going, then that's when you start having that conversation with yourself, and you're like, holy crap, we've, we've got inventory now. Right. Now we have to start managing inventory again. Like, holy crap, well, man, what are we doing? Yeah, but... Just the fact that it's sitting there, I mean, it's got to get a little, let the clock start taking on it, then get worried. But my point is you have just not one, it, not two, but, but you have three. Eventually we're going to have the time where it doesn't sell in 90 minutes. Right. It sells within like six months, which is totally fine. Right. But that's not, like, not the state of panic that we're all all in, but that that's going to be... And maybe that's how it starts. It'll be like a backwards situation. Well, I think the first the first situation that I'm gonna pay attention to is when you start looking through inventory and you've got you have three used row crop tractors sitting there, and 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 you know you go you go pull up quote you go pull up all these different things. You start looking through all the you know Salesforce and all these different things that we got tools to go track who's doing what with what, and you don't see anything on them. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh. This is uncharted territory. I mean, I mean, it's not, but it, if it'll feel like it, you know what I mean? Like, it'll be like, whoa, right. whoa. it's not windy today. What are we supposed yeah. to do? <laughs> is it 2018? What the hell? So I think that, that's where I'm – that's that's some, like, leading indicators to me when I start seeing those kind of things. And then, obviously, the big thing is to start watching those kind of um, machines get sold. Obviously, combines are going to get sold first at auction. That happens all the time, right? That's not, oh, yeah. They're going to go get beat up for three years before anything else shows up on the auction block. Then all of a sudden, you start seeing some four-wheel drives show up and a sprayer or two, and then you got you know a, a row crop tractor or two, and and starts all over again. And I think that starts in 25, 20. I think you'll 25. have a sprayer problem. I think that'll be second to combines. There's been a lot of sprayer business the last few years, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think at some point that's all going to catch up, and that'll probably be about the time that that does that as well. So, But it'll be interesting because, you know, like I said earlier, this is the first time we're selling into no inventory. And right. how long is it going to take to catch up? But, you know. When do, when do interest rates start playing into, I was going to buy that, but now it's cost me, you know, 7% interest to, to is what I'm looking at now. And, of course, we got a long ways to go before we get there. But that being said, I mean, what happens when that starts coming down the line? 
And if you think about it, we've been in this business. I've been in this business for 20 years, and I have never, ever dealt over 20 years in this business now. And <laughs> and I have never, ever had interest be an issue in that entire 20 years. Yep. It's, it's always been under five. Like, guy, it gets to four, and guys are like, man, I don't know. And I'm like, shit, dude. It's four. Right. <laughs> like, we're not going to be in, like, well, I suppose 2%. I guess we can make that work. Like, that it wasn't going to be there forever, right. you know. And I also think it's a, it's a point of reference because up until 2008, I mean, Interest rates. I mean, when I first started this, doing this in two thousand six, uh, two thousand seven. I mean, having five and a half or six percent interest was was a pretty common thing. You know, it wasn't that wasn't a big deal. And you know, you spend what fifteen years at at pretty much zero percent interest. Um, I mean, guys were fighting over who could do zero percent interest the longest in, in tractor house ads. You know, <laughs> it's just, right? Yeah. You know, and it was you know. Yeah. Zero for ten years. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those things. So I don't know. It, it's going to be an interesting situation, and in, in seeing how that dust settles when you start looking at who is the, uh, who is the, who's the first buyer and, and where they come, where they coming in at. Um, who's the second buyer and where they're coming in at. Who's the third buyer and where they're coming in at. And then what are you going to do with the fourth and the fifth and the, and so on and so forth. I mean. I think that that cut that cut off between the third trade and taking it to the fourth guy is start is going to start getting harder and harder and harder as as yeah. things progress down the line, for sure. So, all right, I feel like it's a good place to stop. Aaron, if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is that you're doing, what's the best way to do that? Uh, smoke signal. Okay. Uh, homing pigeon and. Or damn, it'd be carrier pigeon. That's I screwed true. it all up. Yeah, there, that's what you get. That's what you carrier. get. Carrier pigeon. Uh, uh, very per- active on the Twitterverse from time to time at Aaron Fintel on uh, the Facebook. Aaron Fintel, uh, call me, text me three zero eight seven six zero one one nine three. Right on. And I am Casey Seymour. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, any blogs get posted there as well. Uh, go to movingironllc.com for the entire library of the Moving Iron Podcast. All the blogs are posted there. And you get all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee. That's September 6th, 7th, and 8th uh, at the Hilton downtown Nashville. Uh, if you're a dealer of any kind, if you deal in only used equipment, come if you are a mainline manufacturer uh dealers come if you are anyone that that messes with used equipment or talks to people about used equipment you should probably come to this thing so so check it out um dealers from across the country um canadian dealers when they're not locked in their country because of covid uh they come uh, we got some people from europe again when they can travel they, they come as well um so check it out. I think it's well worth your time. Um, been doing it since 2013. Aaron's been to all of them. And there's a uh, a good camaraderie that comes from that. Plus, you also you get to make put a lot of faces with names. So what's one of the biggest takeaways you get from that every year, Aaron? Well, it's, it's absolutely the networking, you know. Right. And 
And you don't talk much business at all whatsoever when you're there. I, I never do anyway. It's, you know, this guy you call, text, and email the other 362 days of a year. Now you see him. You're in the same room as him. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting by him at meetings and shooting the shit and just getting to know people and how they work and what they're after and what they're about. I mean, it's, that's, that's tremendous. Yep. And there, there's a lot of, there is a lot to get away from the, or to take away from the programming as well. Right on. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, that's, that's one thing too, is like you get the occasional, what are you guys doing with combines? What are you guys doing with four wheel drives? What happens with, you know, this, that, and other thing? How do you handle these situations? You get a little bit of that, but it is a lot of just getting to know everybody and, and networking and, and, uh, Taking a few things away from uh, from the speakers that come, so highly recommend that you uh, check that out. Building here. relationships, building relationships, fostering relationships across fostering. across manufacturer lines. Um, the uh, if you're still interested, if you want to come to that, go to movingironllc.com. Go to the Moving Iron Summit tab. Check that out. All the information is there. Uh, if you need more information, send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I will get that to you. So i got a YouTube channel as well. Check that out. Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Check that out. And I uh, also got a LinkedIn page. Check that out as well. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go, let's go move some iron, folks. I can't believe I just said it like that. Let's go move some iron, folks. Thanks to Casey and Aaron for sharing their conversation with us. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.